Before going on to listen to this episode, I must preface it with a trigger warning. In this episode that you are about to listen to, I will be mentioning calories, weight, eating disorders, and other mental health issues. I will make sure every episode is prefaced with this trigger warning in case there is mention of something that you might not be able to handle. This podcast is meant to be an educational and mind-opening podcast to the scary world of eating disorders and what they can do. Even though I want this environment to feel safe for everyone, please proceed to listen with caution. This show will include genuine content only. Thank you for listening and enjoy. gosh it's back reasons for recovery is back and I couldn't be happier oh my gosh I have missed podcasting so much but it was a much needed break and I definitely enjoyed my break and you know worked on the podcast as much as I could I hope you guys are liking the new changes for season two so far I got a new pre-roll message, as you heard, and if you look at the cover art for this podcast, it's actually different too. So go ahead, open your phone or like whatever device you're listening to this on, and you'll see the podcast cover art is different. And I also got a new intro, and I hope that you guys really like it because that intro took me way too much time to make, like (laughs) much longer than I wanted it to take. I was actually looking at the analytics of my podcast for each episode, and I saw that people frequently skip through the intro of my podcast, and I was like, wait, that makes no sense. Why? I spent so much time on it. It's really good. And then looking back on it, I realized that the intro is literally almost a minute long, and of course, why wouldn't you want to skip through that? Of course. I don't blame you. That's like a whole minute of just the same riff of a piano over and over again. So I made the intro, uh, the new intro, much more shorter and simpler. So I hope you guys like that. And it took me way too much time to come up with an easy little piano riff. So I hope it's enjoyable enough for you that you don't have to skip over it. But anyway, of course, there's always, always room for improvement and even more changes. But I'm good with what we have right now. So we're going to stick with that, (laughs) but I was trying to actually get a few sponsorships for the new season, Um, but I emailed like six different ones and none of them reached out to me or got back with me, so I guess sucks for them. I can't advertise their company, so jokes on them, I guess, but hopefully I can get some sponsorships later on down the road. So I've still got who knows how long to find a sponsor, you know, so Hopefully that will come into the picture later on. But anyway, welcome to the new season. I'm so glad that you guys stuck around for season two. Um, It's just been super crazy, super busy recently. Uh, That's why the break didn't feel so long for me. Uh, I've just had so many life events happen in just this past month that I took a break from podcasting. A lot has happened. I turned 21 on Tuesday. I'm posting this podcast on Saturday, November 6th, and I turned 21 November 2nd on Tuesday. That was pretty awesome. Um, Had a very nice time out and really just kind of spent my birthday over the course of like a whole weekend. So because 
I turned 21, you can imagine. Um, <laughs> I went on a lot of fun trips, um, a lot with my boyfriend and a lot with my family. So that was pretty fun. I had a great Halloween. I hope you guys did too. Um, I also went house shopping, uh, which can be very stressful, but uh, so many more things happened, which I can't even think of right now. But as you can tell, it's been a very packed month recently. And I honestly don't know how I was able to fit in time for the podcast uh, to like make improvements and stuff with all that's been happening, but I made it work and I'm ready for a new episode and a new season. So yeah, today's topic is going to be a good one. It's going to be a hard one, but it'll be a good one. Um, I've talked about it a lot in the past and have uh, talked about it a lot in other episodes relating to this, but today I really wanted to hone in on food guilt. I've talked about food freedom and intuitive eating a lot in other episodes, but today in particular I really wanted to talk more about food guilt and how to deal with food guilt. This is a really important topic to take note of for recovery, and a lot of people don't really understand that, but it's actually a very, very important topic to really put your focus on. It's so important that I had to come back for another episode for it, because like I said, I've had two episodes in the past that I've talked about food-related things in recovery, so I just had to make a third one to more specifically talk about food guilt. And like I was saying, I was looking at my analytics and I saw that the other episodes uh, about food freedom and intuitive eating and other things dealing with food, uh, they are actually one of my most highest listened to episodes. Like they're the highest rated ones on my list of episodes. So I knew that I definitely needed to come back with another part to give you guys some more tips and more information on dealing with this terrible thing called food guilt. So to get us started... Food guilt is defined as when you believe you are doing something wrong and you are breaking a food rule that you have. It's pretty easy to understand this definition. It's very comprehensible. And when you suffer from an eating disorder, you are definitely familiar with the term. And we already know that food is something that's meant to be enjoyed. It's meant to make you feel really good and feel energized and get you through the day. But Of course, when you suffer from an eating disorder, that can be extremely difficult. I had and still have lots of problems with food guilt, where I'll eat something and I'll feel really, really happy about it in the moment, but then later on I think to myself, like, why did I eat that, or I shouldn't have eaten that, or I'm going to gain weight from that. It's it's just a very super common thing to believe with an eating disorder, and it's such a hard thing to just shake away from your memory. Like I said, I still struggle a lot with food guilt, but it's not nearly as bad as it was when I started recovery. I put a lot of good tips to use that have helped me, and like I always say, practice and persistence is key here, and never giving up, even when I failed, you know, really helped me get all of these tips put to good use. So I hope these tips that I'm about to give you guys are good use for you if you deal with food guilt. These really helped me out so much. Like, they were the biggest thing to help me out with food guilt in recovery. And it just put my mind into a whole new perspective on food and how my relationship should really be with it. 
breaking away from food guilt is super difficult, but we already know that nothing about recovery is easy. Like, literally nothing about recovery is going to be an easy thing. And that's the sad, that's sad, harsh truth about it. I mean, the, the hardest part of recovery is just beginning it, starting it, making your decision to get better. And then from then on out, it's just a whole journey from there. And it shouldn't be surprising to anybody going through recovery that it's very difficult. Um, But let's go ahead and dive into these tips that will help you combat your food guilt. So for this first tip I have, I'm actually going to be using an outside source to back me up here. Uh, I was actually scrolling through TikTok the other day, and I saw one of my favorite TikTokers made a video specifically talking about food guilt. He gave a really good analogy in the video on food guilt, so go ahead and take a listen here and see what you guys think. If you struggle with food guilt, I'm going to show you my number one strategy for how I deal with food guilt because I still deal with it from time to time. So here's my number one strategy. So here we have a Snickers candy bar and a protein bar. And I'm really craving the Snickers bar, but my brain is telling me to just go with the protein bar, go with the healthier option, you know, be quote unquote good, right? So I'm going to take the protein bar, I'm going to go against my hunger cues and not take the candy bar, even though that's what I want. I'm going to go with the protein bar and do the quote-unquote right thing. So I finished eating the protein bar, so in my mind I'm like, yes, I did good, like I went with a healthier choice, like let's go. Um, But I'm still not satisfied, but at least you know I did the right thing and I had the healthier choice. But look, the 10-page lab report I have to do, it's still there, I still have to do it. I still have to study for my three exams. I still have to pay my rent. I still have to clean my bathroom. Basically, what I'm saying is that my life's problems did not just instantly go away because I went with a healthier choice. And it just goes to show that your life's problems, your life's issues, your life's going to stay the exact same regardless of what size your body is, regardless of what food you eat. So it's really important to just honor your hunger cravings and just move on. Like if I just had that Snickers instead of the protein bar, I'd be satisfied and I'd be able to go on with my day. But now I'm still going to be thinking about that Snickers bar because I didn't have it and I already had the protein bar. So just listen to your hunger cues, man. Like food is meant to be enjoyed and just don't think your life is going to get magically better just because you eat healthier. That's just not how it works. So yeah, for those of you wanting to know, uh, that was Bobby Kaz on TikTok. He makes amazing content regarding eating disorders and eating disorder recovery. He gives very realistic uh, what I eat in a days. Um, If you know what that is, it's just like where people show what food they eat throughout the day. He gives very realistic uh, versions of those um, that aren't triggering, which I never see nowadays, which that just makes him even more amazing. Um, And he also just makes some really good inspiring videos that definitely help out with struggles that you may be facing in the eating disorder. So if you want to check him out, please do so. He's like one of my favorite TikTokers and has gave me a lot of new insight on how to look at things in this cruel world of eating disorders. He is at Bobby Kaz on TikTok. That's B-O-B-B-Y-K-A-Z-Z. And yeah, go check them out. And thank you again, Bobby, for letting me use your video as an example to help me out with this first tip. So as you heard in the video, Bobby explained that when he went with the healthier choice, his life problems were still there. They still existed. They didn't magically disappear uh, when he avoided that Snickers bar. When having an eating disorder, our bodies trick us into thinking that we are doing the quote-unquote right thing by avoiding certain foods and opting out for the safe food or the, again, quote-unquote healthier food. 
But as we all know deep down, it's not going to save us from our life problems. It's not going to help us gain anything in the long run. I don't think there will ever be a moment in your life where you're going to say, man, my bills are completely paid and it's all because I ate that apple instead of that piece of cake. You know, something along that line. There's just never going to be a time in your life where you're going to think that. When going through recovery, we need to keep in mind that depriving ourselves of what we really want is not going to help us out in any way at all. It will only make us backtrack and fall back into our unhealthy ways and just not progress whatsoever. Learning how to honor your hunger cues can be very, very difficult, and I understand that 100%, but it will honestly be so beneficial for you in the long run. So going off of that TikTok, think of your life in the future. Uh, When you're in your late 60s, you know, like a long time from now, if you're like my age, um, are you really going to think back to that time where you picked a healthier option over a candy bar? No, you're not going to do that. You're never going to think that. When you're older, none of what you ate in the past is going to matter in any way at all. So just listen to what your body really wants and don't miss out on making memories. Just remember that nothing is going to be any better just because you avoided a fear food. So now we understand that food guilt is common and it's something that is super hard to get around in eating disorder recovery. But one thing that I remember doing that I talked about in a previous episode was the idea of making a list. On this list would be your top fear foods or just fear foods that make you feel super shameful after eating them. Make this list and store it somewhere important or just somewhere where it's easy to look at. Then when the opportunity arises, experiment with eating that food off of the list. After researching a few tactics to battle fear food, I saw that many nutritionists and therapists actually use this type of therapy called exposure therapy, where they'll open up the idea of trying something off of your fear food list and then documenting how you feel about it. And the more that I saw the stuff about this, the more that I realized this is actually something my own nutritionist did with me when I was going through recovery. Back when I first started recovery, like literally the first week or two that I had started recovery um, as outpatient, my nutritionist asked me what my top fear food was, and I told her it was fried chicken. Then she said for my goal that week, I had to eat fried chicken and document how I felt about it. Acknowledging how you feel after eating a fear food is very, very crucial as it helps you improve for the next time that you try to eat it. I remember when I ate fried chicken for the first time in like two years, I felt very scared, very nervous, um, but overall I remember feeling very happy that I was able to eat something that my body wouldn't allow me to eat for so long. And just documenting that and writing that down or just keeping it in my memory that I felt a little scared the first time, that'll help me prepare for the second time I eat it. It'll help me prepare for what emotions I need to be experiencing. You know, I don't need to feel scared when I eat chicken. I need to, you know, just treat it like it's any other normal food. Just, you shouldn't really have any emotion at all when you eat food, you know? And just documenting everything, just whether it be on paper, in a journal, in your head, wherever, 
just that is super crucial and super important to help you progress for the next time uh, fear food may come up for you to eat. Soon enough, you'll get to the point where you've been exposed to that food enough where it won't be anything to you at all but just a normal food. It won't be a fear anymore. It'll just be a food. So to help conquer food guilt and shame, like I said, just make a list, expose yourself to the foods on that list one by one whenever you get the chance, document how you feel, note how you need to approach the food the next time so it'll just become easier and easier to eat. It might seem like it'll be super difficult at first, but like I always say, practice, persistence, just keep trying over and over. Even if you fail, just keep on going because eventually it will become so much easier. Another thing that I think really helps out a lot with ridding myself of food guilt is to eat with a clear mind, which is something we don't really think about a lot, even if you don't have an eating disorder. Uh, we find that our minds are always constantly racing when we suffer from an eating disorder. We always feel like there is no stop whatsoever in our minds just constantly pacing back and forth every time we eat. So when it comes to eating food that we are terrified of, we tend to eat when our mind isn't really focusing and it's just all over the place, you know? So that's why fear foods are such a huge deal for us, you know? Our brains are just pacing back and forth constantly and we have every negative emotion in our mind and that just gets projected onto this food and that's why it's so difficult for us to eat. When eating a fear food, we know that our eating disorder, like I said, could just make us spiral and freak out and experience all sorts of negative emotion to the point where we just feel so guilty after eating. If we just take a moment to calm ourselves down and really just think mindfully, that guilt will be so much more easier to combat. Like I said, the reason guilt with food comes so easy is because we are experiencing a world of negative emotions that just make it easier for us to spiral and feel guiltier once we finish eating. If our mind is full of negativity before eating and during eating, of course that's going to mean we still have negative thoughts after eating, allowing all of that guilt and shame to set in. So, when tackling a fear food, or just any food in general, uh, that you might feel shameful of, pause beforehand and just really assess your emotions. Do you feel stressed about eating? Do you need to take a quick break before trying the food? Is your breathing steady? Things like that. Just really assess yourself before you go into trying something new. I know that doing stuff like this may seem a little silly or hard to come by at first, but trust me, I mean, I literally dealt with it myself, so obviously I know it works. It really does help a lot just to get your mind in the right place before you eat. And it'll help just get rid of that guilt you'd initially feel later. If you feel as if a panic attack is coming on or your breathing just seems so out of your own control, take a moment before eating to just slow your breath and assure yourself that there is nothing wrong with what you're about to do. You're doing just a basic human function. And there's nothing wrong about that. Take each bite slow and steady and just be very mindful of what you're thinking. Think as positively as you possibly can and always remember that you are recovering for you and your health and your happiness. 
Remember that if you can get through this one fear food, you can get through another and another and eventually there will be no fear foods for you at all. And you'll treat food as it should be, which is harmless and not a fear at all. Another very important tip that I think is very helpful is to be aware of what you are watching or seeing on social media. I know that a very big reason that I have felt shameful about food in the past is because I followed some like dumb diet culture accounts that practically shame people for what they eat. You guys know exactly what type of accounts I am talking about. You know, the ones where they'll have like a picture of pizza on one side and then on the other side's like a low carb healthy option and then below is like all the macros of each thing and then the caption goes on this long tangent about how eating certain foods are terrible for you and how you should basically deprive yourself of eating any food that isn't labeled healthy. You know, those accounts. (laughs) Those are the ones I'm talking about. And to be quite honest, I feel like I am speaking for everybody with an eating disorder that we have all followed at least one of those accounts in the past. I know I have. I definitely followed more than one. And I remember telling myself that there was nothing wrong with this and that I was just being healthy and taking note from healthy influencers. But in reality, it's just depriving your body of enjoying food and what your body wants. These accounts label themselves as being healthy and having a better-for-you lifestyle, but it just honestly hurts your health in the end, especially with people that suffer from eating disorders, because these people that have eating disorders and even people without eating disorders will use these accounts to their advantage and just end up ruining their relationships with food. Especially for those that are in recovery right now, If you don't steer clear of these accounts during your recovery, it's going to be super rough for you because all you're going to feel about food is just guilt thanks to these health-conscious accounts. I know it really hurt me a lot in recovery seeing these accounts. I remember I would eat something that I was initially very scared of and I would have no problems with it whatsoever afterwards and you know I would feel like I did really good and I conquered a fear food and then I'd go on Instagram and I'd see one of these pictures saying like what I had just ate was terrible for me then I would just instantly feel guilty about it and if I had never followed that account in the first place I would have never felt guilty and I would have conquered the fear food and would have been fine so if you're on social media or if you're just very active with social media and you follow one of these accounts that are terrible excuses for healthy lifestyles, unfollow them, block them, do whatever it takes to get them off your social media. Now, of course, I'm not like completely bashing these accounts. Like if there's people out there that follow them and use their tips healthily, that's fine. But people with eating disorders can really twist what healthy is And these accounts only progress that mindset that people with eating disorders can have. Because, you know, obviously it's not the person's intentions to make people have eating disorders, but people that have already, you know, experienced having an eating disorder can really take those health-conscious accounts the wrong way, which is why I feel so strongly about this, uh, because it health-conscious accounts really did make me struggle a lot in recovery and I know it's solely my fault it's not their fault it's really my fault for you know 
taking what they said in the wrong context. But that's besides the point. The point here is if you're active on social media and you see this stuff, just unfollow them, block them. Like I said, just do what you can to get them off your social media because you do not need that kind of triggering content on your timeline. If you want to succeed in recovery, that's a huge thing that you need to let go of and stay far away from. Now again, like I said, if there's people out there that follow those kind of accounts, those little healthy living accounts, and use them correctly, there's nothing wrong with that. But people with eating disorders will not use those accounts correctly, which is why it's imperative that you don't follow them. If you are in recovery, social media as a whole can be very triggering in many different ways. So if I were you, and I know this seems difficult, but if I were you, I would just completely delete social media off my phone as a whole. Not necessarily delete your account, but just delete the app off of your phone or off of your computer, whatever it might be. It just gives you 100% freedom to work on yourself and to solely focus on recovery and not worry about things going on outside of your process. Initially, when I first started recovery, I deleted everything off of my phone for a while, except for my Instagram. But what I did was I actually logged out of my main account and I only had a recovery account that I created separately where I documented and tracked my progress in recovery. It was to basically hold myself accountable and I also only followed people who were in recovery as well. Uh, That way I could form like little support groups and just like be friends with other people that are going through similar struggles as me. So if you don't want to completely rid yourself of social media, but you think that you still shouldn't be on it, make an eating disorder recovery account like I did, where you just document your progress, you know, take pictures of your food or just certain things that might, you know, help you in your progress and only follow people who will be loving, supportive and not post triggering content. Or you don't even have to follow anybody at all. You can just do it solely for you. Um... You know, just do what you think is best for not only your physical health, but for your mental health. Also, with social media, this also includes, like, weight-controlling apps, like MyFitnessPal. These apps can be so terribly damaging to our relationship with food. It'll make you feel so terrible about what you had just ate, or even how much you ate. Apps like these give you such an unhealthy mindset of what you eat and can even get you further down that path of an eating disorder. I know MyFitnessPal in particular was the reason I really started to develop an eating disorder in the first place because it told me how certain foods were bad and how many calories my body needed a day and how much I needed to lose weight or, you know, things like that. Just very toxic and triggering things that wouldn't be beneficial to me whatsoever. So the biggest thing that I could say out of this is just stray away from those very triggering social media accounts or just social media in general. Um, And just stay away from things in the media that could just get you to feel only guilt in your food. You know, just try to get rid of everything that could lead you into feeling terrible about everything you eat because that's not the goal in recovery. The goal is to feel only positive thoughts when you're eating. You don't want to feel negative thoughts. You don't want to have 
these negative emotions when you eat. You want to just treat eating like it's supposed to be, which is just a normal, basic human function. Now, the last tip that I want to give you guys is a pretty easy one, and that's just to make sure that you have someone professional out there to help you. This could be a nutritionist, a therapist, a doctor, or just anyone you know that is trained in the field of nutrition. These people can be your support and the ones who hold you accountable for the guilt that you can be facing on a daily basis. I've talked about this a lot in the past, but please do not rely on yourself alone or someone else with an eating disorder to help you out with your food guilt. Make sure it is somebody that is trained for dealing with eating disorders like yours and Please make sure that you find somebody that won't influence behaviors that you're trying to avoid. With professionals in your life helping you out, this can drastically reduce that guilt that you may feel with food. When you feel that guilt, you let those professionals know and they will make you their first priority. Trust me, I didn't think that was possible, but when I let my nutritionist and my doctors know like, hey, I'm dealing with this guilt every time I eat... They made it their number one priority to help me out and to get me not feeling like that anymore. These people will do anything in their willpower to help you overcome that guilt and understand how to combat it the next time it happens. Because they want you to feel human again. They want you to feel normal when you eat. They don't want you to feel like you're just this person that doesn't know how to eat correctly, you know? They want you to feel like a normal human being. These health professionals will be able to give you amazing tips and great feedback on dealing with food guilt and will make you feel so worthy and valid even when you fail. So don't feel afraid to reach out to them. They may seem very scary at first, but they are the best person to turn to in situations like this. I know coming from a person who suffers from an eating disorder, it's very, very easy to just shut out everybody and try to only focus on yourself. Um, in the sense of relying on yourself for recovery, but that's not how it works. You really need to find someone that is trained, a healthcare professional, somebody that knows what they're doing to help you get through recovery. You can't shut yourself in and rely only on your thoughts and your opinions. It's not going to work. It's just, I wish that's how it would work because I really don't like talking to just higher up sources of people in the medical field but that's how it works and that's sadly what you have to do you got to talk to people you got to make it known that you're dealing with stuff and they'll help you and it'll be so much better than you thought a lot of people with eating disorders can like I said make the mistake of relying on themselves for help with food guilt but like I've said in past episodes that is literally the worst thing that you can do Relying on yourself for accountability just really does not work in this case, and it makes you just move backwards instead of forwards. Meeting with a health professional can really help boost your recovery process, and they can give you so many great tips to get you on that right track to having a healthy relationship with food again. Conquering food guilt isn't entirely possible. I hate to say it, I know that's the harsh truth, You will experience it from time to time, even in recovery and even after recovery. But like we talked about, eating disorders, they never really go away in a mental aspect since it's a real and debilitating mental disorder. 
It's just something that's not going to go away. And that's the harsh truth about it. So food guilt, it's always going to be there. But being able to slow it and make it less of an issue can be such a great benefit to successfully getting through recovery. Just taking time to practice and really work on these strategies and tips can push you in the right direction and get you where you need to be. It takes so much patience and time, and I cannot stress that enough. But like I always say, it's going to be worth it in the end. Trust me, I didn't believe that, but when I finished recovery, it was 100% worth it. Trust me on this. Like I mentioned in one of these tips, it's very imperative that you reach out to a professional for help in the event that you may feel that it's appropriate. And if you honestly have no idea where to start, you guys already know, I've left all sorts of hotline numbers down in the description as well as websites um, for you guys to go visit or give a call or give a text and they will set you up with a real health professional that will do anything possible to get you started in recovery. And also, of course, if you guys have any more comments or questions about anything at all, of course, you can reach out to me personally. I have left my email and my Instagram listed in the description of this episode as well. So you can email me or DM me anything at all, whatever you'd like. I'm here to listen. Uh, I get so many DMs on Instagram from people who listen and it just warms my heart that they have used my tips and have honestly improved in recovery from listening to what I've had to say and I I just I'm really really thankful that I have people out there like that because like I've said in the past I didn't think this podcast was going to go anywhere I really just thought it was going to be for my friends and family but I've got people reaching out to me from all over the world and that just blows my mind that people are actually like listening and actually using my tips and I'm not just talking into a microphone to nobody, you know? The thing that really blows my mind is that there's people that message me from like across the country, like I've said, or like across the world. That just blows my mind. I remember I got a DM from a listener at like 3 a.m., and it was of a girl that was from, like, England or something. I can't remember. And just things like that just amaze me because I'm like, holy crap, there's somebody on the other side of the world that's listening to me and listening to what I have to say, you know. That just, like, blows my mind. <laughs> but thank you guys so, so much for those who have reached out and, like, asked questions or given comments or concerns or anything. That really does mean a lot to me. But anyways, guys... That's all I've got for you. Thank you guys so much for listening and for sticking around for season two of the podcast. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed and liked the changes so far. And now, you know, we're back to our regular schedule. So, of course, no more breaks for now. I'm going to be back and returning with another episode in two weeks as per usual. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day or wonderful week whenever you may be listening to this. And please remember to stay safe and healthy.